love and such tenderness but with all gravity and seriousness I pray that you will pick up the heart of the Father this morning that you will receive correction and you will receive his discipline but you will not receive condemnation to him and love him and love him and love him completely with their whole heart not just some of their heart and so again this morning I say that I speak to heritage of faith people if you're visiting here you are welcome but this is house business this morning. It's God speaking to heritage of faith people. This church that he is building in the hearts of these people. And uh, I come with the full backing of my father and my Jesus and my Holy Spirit and my precious spiritual leader 
I come with a full backing. And that's enough for me. It's more than enough for me. I count it a great privilege to speak for God. It's a wonderment to me every time I hear His voice. Every time He speaks to me. After all these decades of hearing His voice, it's when He speaks, it's like He's speaking for the first time. His voice is wonderful, full of power, full of majesty, full of glory, full of love. So I come. You might ask, why have you switched things around this morning, Pastor Sharon? Well, when I was preparing, I saw this in my spirit. I don't have to ask God why. I saw that the A team and the My Exchanges would be here on my right and the rest of the congregation here. And uh, it's just one of those things. I saw it in my spirit. And it's that thing that God said to me, no explanation you need, just my spirit you heed. That's it. But I come with a mantle today. I'm coming with the mantle that the Lord placed on me. On the 23rd of June, Tuesday, 2020, he spoke to me and told me, go now to the children of my people. I come with that mantle today. Go now to the children of my people. Go now. Let the children come unto me. Moreover, he said to me, son of man, my words that I shall speak to you, receiving your heart and hear with your ears and go, says the Lord. The things you are to do, the words you are to speak, they are not your choice, they are not of your choosing. Not what you would like to say, they are mine and mine alone. They are assignment specific. So with that mantle that came on me on the 23rd of June, I thought, as you know my story, that I was going to start children's church because the mantle of God came on me in my own prayer room, my private prayer room where I have my times with Him. So strong and so powerful that I thought, I'm going to do children's church now. I said, Lord, you have to show Pastor John. You have to tell him, you have to show him. And when I went upstairs, he said, you've been with the Lord, Sharon. I said, yes, yes, I've been with the Lord, my darling. And he said, this is what he said to me. I read him everything. And he said, no, no, this is for the church. This is for the church and you will start in Johannesburg. was 
2020 and God started to draw your hearts. There was a first fruit group that came. And God is speaking to you today with this mantle that I have on me. And then in the second year, some more came. God was drawing you. And then this year, God drew some more. And then when the messages of I will take the children came, there were some of you that became little children because God had me bring Matthew 18, verse 1 and 2 and 3, unless you become, unless you repent and become like a little child, you will not even be able to see the kingdom of heaven unless you become like a little child. And Jesus was talking to adults. And so then with the, I will take the children, all the little children, all the little children, he took some big children. He took some people that repented of the ways that they were seeing things and doing things. And we've been in a process of repentance ever since 2020 because a new era began. God said it's a new open door. God said the 20 years is a completed cycle, a perfect period of waiting, of God waiting to do what He wanted to do is over. And He started off with our take the children speaking out of the book of numbers where parents in the wilderness would not go in with God they said no we want to go back to Egypt because our children will be preyed upon P-R-E-Y our children will be prey and God said God had had enough and he said oh really Oh, really? After all the promises I've made you to take you out of Egypt and into a promised land, you come now to me and say, after all the miracles you've seen me do, after all the promises I've made you, now you tell me you want to go back? They said, let us choose new leaders for ourselves that will take us back to Egypt. And you telling me your children are going to be prey? Here with me, I'm praying on your children. He said, let me tell you something. You're not going in. You're not going in. I'll take care of you in this wilderness. You'll have the manna, you'll have the water out the rock, but you're not going to experience the fulfillment of what I had in my heart for you. Your carcasses will fall and you will die, but everybody 20 years and under, I'm going to take. When you're dead and your carcasses have fallen and you've finished eating your last bit of manna and your last, you've had your last bit of, I'll give you heat at night, I'll give you air conditioning during the day, your carcasses will fall and I will take your children that you said I'm going to pray on. I'm going to take them. I'm going to take them. And God said, I will take the children. And God is still saying today, I will take the children. Because Satan has set up in his system to take the children, to teach the children. From his system. No, God says, I will take the children. I will take the children, says the Lord. And that's it. So, I come with that mantle. He 
he said this to me, your part in this is key. Get to the captives in Babylon. Go to the children of my people that are in Babylon. Go to the children of my people that are in Babylon. And speak to them. There are those that will hear my voice. Speak to them and tell them and they will listen. This is my call. I had this in store for you, for the new open door I opened for myself, my new era. I have everything ready. I've been preparing this all along. It is legacy transfer from me to you. This mantle from me comes to you now. It comes upon you. This is the Lord speaking to me on that morning. He said, this mantle is beautiful. It's exquisite. Jesus telling me, I'm giving you a mantle. And this mantle I'm giving you, it's beautiful. He loves this mantle that's on me. He gave it to me. He said, it's beautiful. It's exquisite. It has a particular fragrance. It has a particular anointing. What a shift, Lord. What a great change in me. I didn't see this coming. I see myself in the church of children. A church of children. A church of little children. Matthew 18. Little children that Jesus said, unless you become like a little child. How can this be? I I said to him, the spirit of holiness will fall upon you. (laughs) And that spirit of holiness is upon me today. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit upon me. His Spirit is upon me to set the captive free, to deliver the captive. He's here this morning to deliver everyone that's captive to anything. why the children born to me will be holy they will be called sons of God this is amazing I said as your servant I accept this mantle I receive this anointing may everything you've told me oh yes yeah the spirit of holiness will fall upon you and almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory he said this to me Wow, Lord, very personal, very public this morning. With long life, will I satisfy you, Shep? You are anointed. With long life, will I satisfy you in this, in this mantle that's upon me? You are anointed, and I am with you. I said to him, I am a woman given a highest favor and a privilege to do this with you. This work is destined to bring God great delight. Lord, I believe every word spoken to me by you. I sing 
this song to seal this today. And it was just a simple song that came out of my heart to him. I think it was very off key, but he doesn't care. I just said to him, you're my father. I'm your son. I'm walking with you. I'm working with you in your time. How you go, when to go, what to say. I'll wait on you now. You will show. I'll watch and pray. I speak forth to come forth, to go forth. This mantle that I come with today. This is what Jesus put on me. I never thought, I never asked. 2020 with a new open door. So, thank you. Then he gave me this, his grand design. His particular plan for me, his direction I seek, his voice must speak. His voice will speak today. My own desires I forsake, I give him my life to take. To the cross I come, let the past be done. I dedicate, I consecrate today. Then I finished with this, out of my spirit parents. Inquire of the Lord and seek him for your children. Amen. Amen. May the great God, Jehovah, be merciful to us today. May he pour out his mercy upon us and his great grace. May he change us today. May today mark us. May today mark us as a people. And Holy Spirit, I've said this already. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, that your Holy Spirit will have his say today. He'll have his way today. And he'll have full sway in Jesus' name. And we all say, Amen. You might be seated. You you can be seated. Thank you, Denim. Thank you, Rion. Thank you, Nicholas, Melissa, Sunil. Thank you very much. Garth, when you're done there, you can come and sit here. I want you sitting here by Pastor Christie and that when you finish. Thanks, my son. I know he's got to run off to the loo. <laughs> All right. So I've been ministering to you. So as I said to you, if I'm going to keep you a little bit longer than usual, I know that you will be glad. I know you will be grateful. I know you'll be very grateful to be receiving everything that needs to come from me today. And I probably will take some of our this afternoon, this afternoon too, to, to get everything out that God wants to say. Last Sunday we had a wonderful time of refreshing and uh, this week it's like this. So the temptation, I've been ministering to you on temptation. To be asleep. To not take hold. To see. To not pray for this time your part. To continue to play. To be spiritually dull. Giving so much of your time to the natural realm. To not be spiritual. Speaking natural Words, thinking natural thoughts, busy with natural activities, giving so much attention to yourself, what you want to do, 
where you want to go, what you want to say, just not changing the same you, still the same you when there's all this new. When he is here to take us in, to cross over, to transform us for this his time in history. I showed you about the disciples that were asleep at a very strategic time of God. Jesus, our savior, our liberator, is building this church. He is constantly watching over us. He loves us. He purchased this church with his own blood. He builds a people according to his plan. He's building us according to his purpose. He is our master builder, heritage of faith. Heritage of faith, people here. He's a master builder. He builds in our hearts. It's always for victory. It's always for triumph. It's always for us. It's always for his kingdom. He, works, he walks among the churches. He knows them all. He knows their condition. He knows what he wants to say to them. When he wants to say it to them, by his spirit, through his messengers, he knows. He knew it through Moses. He knew it through Joshua. He knew it through his prophets. He knew it through Apostle Paul. He knows it through Pastor John, and he knows it through me this morning. Pastor John over me said she will be flowing in an anointing that will be new. It will be sure. It will be strong. It will reinforce and bring insight and revelation to what God has given us as a momentum. She will have the mind of Christ. She will follow all the ways of God. Everything that needs to be done. So he asked me to speak to you particularly about temptation. Temptation and the tempter. And temptation. It comes as a warning to us, right? And I read, I gave you many um, scriptures. I gave you, uh, you don't have to put these scriptures up. I'm just going to remind you that James 1 says, consider it joyful when you are enveloped in, in or fall into various temptations. Be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith, every temptation brought to you in your life is to absolutely squash and kill the word in you because that's where your faith comes from. It's to kill the word in you. Take it out of your heart. Every temptation. And God is going to have me minister to you this morning, particularly about demonic distractions. 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 God wants you to know that every day you will be confronted to be distracted. Every day. You will be confronted by this world system. You will be confronted by your self-life of you wanting to do what you want to do to be distracted off God and off his word so that nothing of his word comes to fruition and comes to life in you. So that everything that is of the natural life will be alive in you. Even to the point where you will be content with that. Because you've developed that. And you like that. You like your natural life. You like to have your things so. To do what you want to do. 
to go where you want to go, to eat what you want to eat, to say what you want to say. So have men developed and they like it. Not even giving any mind to the spirit realm and spirit life that God has designed for mankind. So, blessed is the man or the woman or the boy or the girl who is patient and stands up under temptation. For when he stood the test and being approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. And let no one say when he is tempted. Very, very, very big deal, James 1. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Let no one say that I'm tempted of God. For God is incapable of being tempted by what is evil and he himself tempts no one. Every person is tempted. Listen carefully. If you've yielded to temptations of your flesh, this is what you did. This is what I did. Every person is tempted when he is drawn away and distracted and enticed and baited by his own desire. His own lust, his own passions. Then the evil desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And when it's fully matured, it brings forth death. It brings forth death. But I've been sinning and I'm not dead. You are stone cold dead. That does not mean physical death. It means spiritual death. It means you have no Spirit life with God. You're not alive in Him. You're not living and moving and having your being in Him. You're having it in yourself and in the world system. Sin fully matured brings forth death. It means the opposite of what life God has got for you. The God kind of life. The Zoe life. The life that is God. Pulsating through your very vibrating, through your very being, through your very heart, pumping the very life of God, pumping through your very thoughts. Your very thoughts are His thoughts, and your ways, and your very walk, and you walk like Him, and you look like Him, and you you feel like Him, and you taste like Him, and you you totally absorbed and caught up, caught up, all caught up all caught up and intertwined with him your whole being every day of your life for the rest of your life is what he has for you and me. So, yes, I think I must go here now. Let me go here now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, MP. I'll share that with them this afternoon. All right, let me just go here now. Right. I'm going to go here now. Thank you, Lord. So the message 
title of my message today is The Crossover Pot, whatever it is, Demonic Distractions, Temptations and Seductions of This Age. Temptations and Seductions of This Age, Thorns and Briars. Actually, I was just going to call my message Thorns, and you will see now why. So, we're going to go to Luke 8 in the King James Version. We're going to go to verse 11. Verse 11, please. This is Jesus speaking. We have spoken in, uh, um, in times of temptation. I spoke to you about the rocky soil where you just you have no root and you endure for a little while. And then when temptation and trouble comes, you just give up and fall away. You just walk away from God's word. Right? But now this is the thorns. Here are the thorns, and the God wants to speak to us today about the thorns. And he's going to answer some questions for you today. Some of you are asking the question, but I'm putting the word in, Lord, but I don't seem to be getting much result out. You're going to see why. You're going to see why you are counterproductive in your walk with God. So, um, now the parable is this. This is from Luke, right? It's not Mark 4, it's Luke. The parable is this. Parable is this. The seed is the word of God. So these are the messages we get here, right? This is the precious, holy, written word of God that you're in. It's the prophetic word, right? The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then comes the devil and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So then on the rock, they are on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy. And these have no root for a while. They believe and in time of temptation, they fall away, right? What do they, they fall away from the word. The word comes right out. Nothing, no more word in them. Which means no faith in anything that God says. And then they, that which fell among thorns, are they which when they've heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And bring no fruit to perfection. They bring no fruit to perfection. Jeremiah three, Jeremiah four, verse three in the King James: For thus, thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, break up your fallow ground, and sow not among thorns. Sow not. Among thorns, break up, break up your fellow ground, so not among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your heart. This is something you do. This is something you and I do. This is not something the Lord does for you. He does it with you if you want him to. He comes and he helps you. With his Holy Spirit, he comes to help you, to heal you. Right? So God says to the, thus says the Lord to the men and the women, the boys and the girls, break up the fellow ground, hard heart, hard ground, Hard, hard ground. It's got rocks in it. It's wayside soil. It's got 
thorns in it. It's got clods in it. It's hard ground. Because you, you got it hard and you made it hard all by yourself. Today you're going to see how you did it. It's in the scripture. You've got cares of the world. You, were worrying, you worry all the time about things. You've got pleasures of this world. And the desire for other things. Desire for other things. The Lord says desire for other things. <laughs> Chokes the word of God in you. So, he wants you to see this scripture. He, he tied this scripture up, the thorns. We, if we look again, I'll read to you again the scripture in Luke 8, 14. That word which fell among thorns, the thorns are in the heart. They which when they heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life. I'm going to read you out of Amplified just now. So, Here's, so thorns, fell among thorns because of cares, riches, or wanting riches, or wanting stuff. The Message Bible says so busy with what they want to do and where they want to go, right? So busy with themselves. So here it is, New King James Version, Hebrews 6, 1 to 8. Now listen to this. This is a scripture that you should already be familiar with. Why do you think God has brought message moments into our congregation? Why do you think he's done that? Why do you think he's put such emphasis on listening to what he's saying to the churches? He wants those messages growing in your hearts so that you can become what he has created you to become. And so that you can do what he's purposed that you should do in the earth. Right. In his time. Right. So therefore, leaving the discussion of elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Not having to say to you over and over and over, it's not about performance. It's about intentional relationship with God. It's about not doing your own thing, not doing what you want to do, going where you want to go. But it's living your life for God. Repentance from dead works. Your dead works are dead. They're dead. They're works that you want to do. They're things you want to do. They're places you want to go. They're your plans you want to make. Those are dead works. Why should we have to lay again, Pastor John and I, this foundation? When this is all we've been speaking about for 23 years. Let's not again have to lay this foundation. Let God not have to keep us in elementary school and kindergarten for the rest of our lives. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elemental principles of Christ, let us go on to maturity. That word means maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from good, dead works and faith toward God. 
You repent from your ways of doing things and you, you go towards the word of faith and living your life by faith like Abraham. Right? Of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms. Well, we do need to remind you time and time again, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You've been baptized into the body of Christ and those are the two most important doctrine of baptisms that you can have. You've been baptized with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You've been taught the power of praying in your heavenly language. Shall we again lay the foundation of this elementary principle? Shall we again? How long is it going to take for Pastor John and I to tell you about the power of praying in the Holy Ghost, praying out things. How long must we again lay the foundation? And teach you over and over again what 1 Corinthians 14 says, what the book of Acts says, appropriate words, what, what, one, what Romans 8, 26 says. Do we again have to teach you over and over and over again until you make it part of your life? Part of your life, but then the pleasures of this world and the distractions of this age, they are more exciting. I'm quite bored with this message of spirituality. I'm quite bored because I find the pleasures and the distractions of this age far more exciting than God. Far more exciting than spirit life and God. I find it that way. So, right, I'm really before God with this. I'm not wanting to bring my personality here today. But there's a fire in my belly from God. And I thank you, Father, that you just help me here. Leave, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and the fact that we baptized into the body of Christ. And we, to isolate is to violate and the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands of resurrection of the dead. Did, did Pastor, how, how many times must Pastor John teach us about the resurrection of the dead when he spent almost a whole year of baptism and baptism and resurrection, life and resurrection from the dead? Well, we'll, we'll constantly remind you. But you need to have those messages already bringing you to maturity, Right? Resurrection life, all those scriptures in Romans that he brought us for months, right? Okay, we will keep reminding you. And we've got Discipleship 101 that will be starting up next year fresh and new. That you are invited to go to, to learn all these things from scratch so that you can have the foundation laid in your life of Hebrews 6. Right? Because when you're living in the resurrection life of Christ, you don't even have to worry about eternal judgment. It's taken care of. It's taken care of.
So now, verse 4. Okay, verse 3, and this we will do, if God permits. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened. If you've been once enlightened about anything, those who have been once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. If you read about the powers of the age to come, it's already with us. The powers of the, of the spirit world already is, the Passion Translation says, it's already crashing in on us. The powers of the age to come. It's already crashing in on us. I've been enlightened. I've been a partaker of the Holy Spirit. I'm tasting the good word of God and the powers of the spirit realm. The powers of the spirit realm of the heavenly realm that I'll be living in permanently one day. But God wants me living in it now. Right? It's impossible. If they fall away, to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. For the earth, this is a very big deal, I've got it in big bold from the Lord, for the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it. The earth, just say this with me, my heart is God's earth. I am an earthen vessel. So your earth is where your seed of God's word goes into. The earth. So for, for the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it. Right? So how often? We're going to see just now what the rain is. But I'm telling you. It's not just raining in this place. It's flooding with rain. There's a deluge in this place. And you are, yet you are living, some of you, like there's a desert. That this is a desert place. The earth which drinks in the rain where that often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated receives blessing from God. But if it bears thorns, if it bears thorns, it is rejected and near to being cursed whose end is to be burned. Right? Joel 2, 23 and 25. We're talking about the earth that drinks the rain and thorns. Be glad, you children of Zion, that's the church, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first months. And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil, and I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten. So we hear, oh, especially those of us that have been Christians for a long time, oh, the former and the latter rain, the former and the latter rain, hallelujah, hallelujah, and our hearts jump, and our hearts jump about. But I want to show you something. I want to show you something from Joel 2, verse 21 to 25 from the Message Bible. Actually, I want from verse 23. Verse 23, thank you, Leanne. Joel 2, 23 from the Message Bible. 
Church, celebrate. Be glad in your God. He's giving you a teacher to train you how to live right. Teaching I give to you teaching. I present to you the rain. I present to you the rain. Teaching like rain out of heaven, showers of words. How often is the rain falling on our hearts? Very often. How often does the rain of God come to us? All the time. All the time. Teaching like rain out of heaven. Showers of words to refresh and nourish your soul just as he used to do. And plenty of food for your body. All right. Showers. That's it. Deuteronomy 32.2. Message Bible. Listen, heavens, I have something to tell you. This is God speaking. Attention, earth, I've got a mouthful of words. I've got a mouthful of words, my teaching. Let it fall like a gentle rain. My words arrive like morning dew, like a sprinkling rain. What is the former and the latter rain? They are the teachings in the time of God. They are the timely teachings from God. That is all the rain you and I need. It's a flood right now. God is flooding. He's, it's not just rain like it used to be. It's a flood. So, my teaching, let it fall like gentle rain. Let's just have a look at that again. Did, yeah, My words arrive like morning dew, like a sprinkling rain on new grass. Will you ever be confused again when you hear, and the former and the latter rain? Will you, will you always forever now know what it is? It's the timely messages from the Spirit of God to the ecclesias that he is building. That's what the rain is. Job 29, 21 to 23, let it be confirmed out of the mouth of three witnesses here. Men listened to me from the Amplified Bible. Men listened to me when I spoke and waited and kept silence for my counsel. After I spoke, they did not speech again, speak again. And my speech dropped upon them like a refreshing shower. And they waited for me as for the rain. Right, so we come here. Every time God has got something to say in this ecclesia, we come waiting for the rain. But if the rain is falling on thorns, God wants to help us today. God's really wanting to help you. If you're wanting a rich, full yield of the messages that are coming, there's going to have to be some big change. And God is going to help us. So, 
They waited for me as for the rain, and they opened their mouths wide as for the spring rain. So we're going to go now and look at thorns again. Mark 4, 18 to 19, the living Bible. Mark 4, 18 and 19, the living Bible. The thorny ground represents the hearts of people who listen. These are the scriptures as he told me to bring them to you. The thorny ground represents the hearts of people who listen to the good news and receive it. But all too quickly. Can you see what happens? The attractions of this world and the delights of wealth. I got some money, I can do something with it. Right? Money, 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 money. When's the next money coming that I can do something with the money? Money, money, money. I just recently found a scripture in Isaiah that says, to you that have no money, come by. Come by gold. To you who have no money, come drink. To you who have no money. God couldn't care less. Of course, of course he cares. He's made full provision for us. But that comes because the rain is falling on our hearts. We're not trying to accumulate for ourselves. Right? You understand the balance of this. So, the thorny ground represents the hearts of people who listen to the, listen to the messages. Yes. Oh, the 300. Yes. Glory to God. I exchange. Right? All too quickly, the attractions of this world and delights of wealth and the search for success and lure of nice things come in and crowd out God's message from their hearts so that no crop is produced. Mark 4. So now I'm coming into what I've titled here, the, the distractions of this age. So Mark 4, 18, Amplified Bible. The ones sown among the thorns are others who hear the word. Then the cares, the cares and anxieties. Should we lay again the foundation of fear not? How many years of your life and my life do we want to have again laid the foundations of don't fear. Do not be anxious for anything. Don't worry. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, continue to make your requests known to God and his peace, the peace which passes all understanding, will garrison in God your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But I am anxious and I've been born again for a long time and I'm still anxious. Let's lay again the foundation. Because you're not coming to maturity with those thorns in your heart. It's counterproductive to the kind of fruit that can come off the word of God. The glory of the fruit that can just be 
the one translation says it's just, what is it? Fruitfulness is just flowing. Fruitfulness is what? Flowing out of my life. It's like, just so fruitful. The word, the word, glory to God. And so it says here, the cares and anxieties of the world. I'm worried again. Choke, choke, choke. Suffocate, suffocate, suffocate the word of God in your heart. Choke, choke, choke. Because you're not casting your cares. You're not casting your cares. You, you're controlling your cares. And you're so afraid and you're so anxious and you make your own plans. You're anxious. See here? Thorns. Right? So, the cares and anxieties of the world. What's going to happen to us? What's going to happen to me? And the distractions of the age. And the pleasure and delight and false glamour and deceitfulness of riches and the craving and passionate desire for other things creep in and choke and suffocate the word and it becomes fruitless. So giving yourself, listen to this, well, there will be hearts that will hear. <sighs> giving yourself to the distractions of this age is counterproductive to your word harvest. The distractions of this age go directly against the word. Thorns grow up beside the word and choke it and suffocate the word. Thorns kill our harvests. We find ourselves, I've got some word in me, but I've got distractions of the age, and I'm also worrying, and I also got desire for other things. I've got desire for other things. Right? This is to receive correction, not to receive condemnation. This is to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. So thorns grow up beside the word and choke it and suffocate it. Can you see our thorns are harmful to our harvest? Can you see that it's not the word? Because we choose the desire for other things and the distractions of this age to enter in. It's not the word that chokes it. It's your choices to, to be entertained. There we go. That came out of my spirit. It's your choices to be entertained by the world. So you contain it within yourself and it chokes the word. Right. So here we go. So... We find ourselves spinning our wheels, spiritually speaking. Why am I not making the progress I'm supposed to make? We're making no real progress. What happens with the distractions of this age and all your worries is you become dull. Spiritually dull. Just dull. It makes you dull. Dim. Spiritually, you just... You, you dull. You dim. Lamentations 4, 1 and 2, Amplified Bible. How the gold has become dim. Lamentations 4, 1 and 2. How the gold has become dim. Because God has created you and I for gold. 
I'm bringing forth the gold, he says. He's created us for the gold. All right. Okay. How the gold has become dim, how the most pure gold has changed. The hallowed stones are poured out at the head of every street. The noble precious sons of Zion, once their weight in fine gold, how they are esteemed merely as earthen pots or pitchers, the work of the hands of the potter. 2 Timothy 2.20. So you see there, you should, we're supposed to be our worth, our weight in fine gold. But gold is purified in fire. It's purified in the fire of I'm not going to do what I want to do. I'm not living my life for myself. I'm not going where I want to go. I'm living my life for God. Everything I do is because I'm living my life for God. So, in a great house, this is a great house, this. This is a great house. They are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and earthenware. You see, didn't we read that? Earthen pots and pitchers in Lamentations. There's gold, and then there's earthen pots and pitchers. In a great house, they are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and earthenware, some for honorable use and some for menial, menial use. Menial, menial. So whoever cleanses himself from what is ignoble and unclean, who separates himself from contact with contaminating and corrupting influence, will then himself be a vessel set apart and useful for honorable and noble purposes, consecrated and profitable to the master, fit and ready for any good work. Shun youthful lusts. This is not just for young people. There are some older people that developed youthful lusts in their youth and they're still in it. They're still in it. Shun youthful lusts. Shun. Shun. That's not something God does for you. That's something you do. You shun. You shun. You shun. You shun. You shun. God says you can shun any of your lusts. Any of what you want to do so much. Right? Shun. Shun youthful lusts. Flee from them. Flee from them. So, now I'm going to speak to you a little bit about circumcision. So there's no great mystery. Pastor John knows I'm ministering on circumcision this morning, so don't, you know. There's no great mystery about circumcision. There's no great mystery to the circumcision aspect of our crossover. There's no mystery to the circumcision aspect of our crossover. Are we crossing over? Have we had a mandate and have we had command from the Lord? Have we had 
Do we have opportunity from God to be crossing over from old to new, from natural to spirit? Right now, us, that's why I'm speaking to Heritage of Faith people. Do we have opportunity now? Has God invited us to cross over now? Are we crossing over on our own? No. Are we crossing over with the Holy Spirit very present in us? Yes. Shun youthful lusts. So there is no great mystery to the circumcision aspect of our crossover. The choice is mine. It's your choice. It's your decision to undergo God's circumcision. It's your decision and my decision to undergo God's circumcision. And it is the circumcision of the heart that we permit God to do in us with every message that comes. We say, yes, Lord. Today, today, your, your yes is, I shun, I shun youthful lusts. I shun. Right? I flee from them. So, it's my choice and your choice. It's your decision to undergo God's circumcision. The cut, the cut, how deep, how thorough, and how complete is our personal choice. The cut, the cut into our lives, our self-life. Of I want to do what I want to do. I want to go where I want to go. I want to have what I want to have, I want to say what I want to say, uh, I'm not coming under the word of God. I want to be worried when I want to worry. I want to be anxious when I want to be anxious. I will be anxious when I want to be anxious. All right? How deep, how far, how complete, Pastor John said, how far are you going over this bridge? How much you're going over this bridge is your choice. Here's what we do now. We come to his throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time, our time of crossing over, our time of circumcision and temptation to find help. Right? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Say this. Say this. Say this if you want to. Say this if you want to. Say, come Holy, Spirit. come, Holy Spirit, work in my heart, in my heart. To, convict me, to convict me, to pierce me. I am not able to cross with, over without your help. Right. The choice is ours. So I'm here to tell you today that everything with us in Heritage of Faith is overlapping now. Everything. His love is coming, rushing towards us. I'm giving you sequence to Pastor John's 1st of October message. I'm giving you sequence. There was sequence in it. There was a progression in the message from beginning to end. His love is coming, rushing towards us. He's pouring it out to us. He's working everything out for us. A great flow of money is coming. What do we need to be worried about? What do we need to be anxious about? Why do we need to be anxious? Why? Why? Shh. Okay, I'm going to go from the top again. 
I'm going to go to the topic because God told us, be in the 1st of October's message. It's got a sequence and an order to it. His love is coming rushing towards us. He's pouring it out to us. He's working everything out for us. A great flow of money is coming. It's going to blow. We're crossing over. God's chosen to do some things with us. We are being formed into something new. We are ready to hear what he's saying and not what we think he ought to be saying to us. New things are flowing. We will have messy, but he'll move us to marvelous. We're growing up. His touch is upon us. We've got to be ready. The way we're moving on the earth is not quick enough. He said that to me this week. The way you all here in this church are moving on the earth is not quick enough. So my overtaking anointing is, is, going to, is available to you with your own faith. Wow, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, you see, you see, you see. Overtaking anointing. Overtaking time. Right? Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. But it came by the Holy Spirit through Pastor John. It was part of the rain. Falling often on our hearts. But if there are thorns in your, your heart, it's not going to take, it's not going to be able to grow up because I'm worrying about everything. I'm anxious about everything. I want, there's other things that I want to do. The pleasures of this world are, are attractive to me still, still. I'm doing both. I'm living in between. God's helping us to cross over. The blessings of God, the glory of God, the power of God, the wonder of God, the goodness of God is overtaking you. It's overtaking us. If you'll trust him and you'll keep your faith exercised and active, the blessing of God is going to overtake you. And the things that are happening in normal time in your life, that includes our spiritual maturity. It includes our spiritual maturity. It will be said of them, Kenneth Hagin prophesied, that some of them, it will be as if some of them virtually matured overnight. But that's because they're drinking in and they're, they're, they're drinking in the rain. They're drinking it in. They're giving themselves to it, right? All things happening. God's going to speed it up. It's going to overtake you and have them done in supernatural quick time. The blessing of God will literally overtake you. It will bypass the natural time. Why? Because we're moving too slowly on the earth for his timeline. We have to live in the faith of these promises. To be experiencing this. You want to experience the overtaking anointing, you have to have faith that, that it's happening to you. Which means that the other things that you're interested in doing that are taking up your time, that are not, that are, that are just little plants, then the other things that are taking up your time, choke. Choke, suffocate. Right? Because you read it once. You said it once. You said it once. You read it once. Right? The blessing of God 
It's not that you have to go faster. Here's what came out of Pastor John by the Spirit of God. It said God's power, His glory, His anointing, His wonder, His goodness is just going to go faster than you can. So that's what I say. Lord, your goodness, your power, your glory, your anointing is just going faster than I can, Lord. Uh, it's more than I can even think, Lord. It's better than I can imagine. It's just here. It's just here. I'm not even putting it into the future tense of it's just going to be there one day. No, it's just here right now for me. It's overtaking me. That's why all of these things are happening already to so many of us, overlapping because the word, right? So, we're ready to, new things are flowing. We will have messy, but he'll move us. We're growing up. His touch is upon us. We've got to be ready. The way we're moving on the earth is not quick enough. So he's just bypassing it with his goodness and his power in us. The way... He's changing time for us. This is all about the next generation and the young in the place where God is. It's about obliterating an entire system. All these things that I'm reading to you now are currently overlapping. The old is dying. Quickly they must die. We've started crossing over bridges and a mountain to climb. A veil to pass through from natural to spiritual, from old to new. We're carrying the stones of this event in our hearts and in our hands. We have the Ark of our Covenant in full view. We're building a memorial to God and for ourselves for generations to come. We will not forget. Circumcised we will be. Circumcised we will be. Only circumcision will show that we are His. This thing that we have to do. This is in the order of God. It's all from Pastor John's October the 1st message. The circumcision, a whole lot of pain, a pain to your self-love. A whole lot of pain. It shows I'm committed to the Most High God because it's vulnerable, it's private, and every single day I will be reminded that I am God's. A cut is painful, but it's a mark on you that you are His. Deuteronomy 35 and 6, King James Version, verse 6, yeah, just put verse 6, six on. And the Lord your God, this is in the wilderness still, here's Moses talking and saying, the Lord your God will circumcise your heart to love him. Oh, Jesus. He will circumcise your heart to love him. What? 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 What is the circumcision for? Will you love me? Will you love me? Will you believe me? Will you listen to my promises? Will you believe them? Will you, will you, do you love my word? Do you love me? Do you love my word? Do you love me? Do you believe me? Do you love me? Do you love my word? He circum our hearts to be circumcised to love him. And we're going to look at Joshua 5. Verse 2. I don't know. If, right. This is the scripture Pastor John brought to us. I'm reading from the New Living. At that time, the Lord told Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the, the second generation of Israelites. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the entire male population of Israel at Gabaoth Haraloth. 
Joshua had to circumcise them because all the men who were old enough to fight in battle when they left Egypt had died in the wilderness. Those who left Egypt had all been circumcised, but none of those born after the Exodus during the years in the wilderness had been circumcised. The Israelites had traveled in the wilderness for 40 years until all the men who were old enough to fight in the battle when they left Egypt had died, for they disobeyed the Lord. And the Lord vowed he would not let them enter the land he had sworn to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So Joshua circumcised their sons, those who had grown up to take their father's places, for they had not been circumcised on the way to the promised land. After all the males had been circumcised, they rested in the camp until they were healed. And then the Lord said to Joshua, this day, I've rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. He wants to roll all of Egypt. He wants to set you free from all of Egypt so that you can love him and only him completely. Right? So... Hmm. Are you still with me? Are you still with me? Right? Can I finish here? It'll be another maybe, I don't know, right? So, he wants to say this to you like this from this Bible. It's called the Complete Jewish Bible. Colossians 2. 9 to 14. He wants to speak this to your heart today. Right? Speaking this to your heart today. For in him, heritage of faith people, in him bodily lives the fullness of all that God is. And it is in union with him that you've been made full. He's the head of every rule and authority. Also it was in union with him that you were circumcised with the circumcision not done by human hands but accomplished by stripping away the old nature's control over the body. He wanted me to read it to you out of this translation. I want to read verse 11 again to us. It was in union with them that you were, you were circumcised with the circumcision, not done by human hands, but accomplished by stripping away the old nature's control of the body, over the body. In this circumcision done by the Messiah, Okay. You were buried along with him by being immersed. See, that's you've been baptized into him. And in union with him, you were also raised up along with him by God's faithfulness that worked when he raised Yeshua from the dead. He wiped. Okay, let me just see where we're going to go from here. No, now we're going to go to Colossians 3, verse 1. From the same Bible. So this is how he wanted me to read it to you. So if you were raised along with the Messiah, then seek the things above where the Messiah is sitting at the right hand of God. Focus your minds on the things above. He's talking to us about distractions. Demonic distractions that are going to cause the word in you to be unfruitful. It's going to cause you to continue to have thorns in your hearts. 
Focus your minds on the things above, not on the things here on earth, okay? For you have died and your life is hidden with Messiah in God. When the Messiah who is our life appears, then you too shall appear with him in glory. Therefore, 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 therefore put to death. Is this something that you have to do? Put to death the earthly parts of your nature. Sexual immorality. Sexual immorality. God is speaking very specifically today about the distractions of this age. About the fact that you want to worry and you want to be anxious about things. By the fact that the distractions of the age are choking the work. But God is saying today to us, put to death the earthly parts of your nature. Sexual immorality. Impurity. Lust, evil desires, and greed. There's the money, the wanting things, right? We're going to do that again. Put to death the earthly parts of your nature. Sexual immorality. Who puts that to death? Who chooses for it to die? Who wants it to die? Who wants to shun? Who wants to flee? Who wants to leave Babylon completely? Who wants to shun? Who wants to flee? Who wants out of Egypt totally? Who wants? Who wants? Who wants? Who wants? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who wants to flee? Who wants to shun? Oh, hallelujah. Yes. God says that today it can be done. So, today he wants to speak to us all as a people about what we're watching in our homes. What you've been watching in your homes for years. The Lord says today he wants to speak to us, one of the, among, among other things. What are you watching? What are you watching on television? What are you watching on your tablet? What are you watching on YouTube? What are you watching? What are you watching? What are your eyes gazing on in your home? What are you watching behind closed doors? What are you looking at? Distractions of this age. What are you looking at? What are you watching? What have you been watching with your children in your home for years and years and years? What have you exposed your children's little eyes to? What have they seen? What are they still looking at? What are you not protecting in your home? What have you not protected? God says that today there's freedom. There's freedom for you to turn around because repentance is not an emotion. Repentance is a decision that you make. It's a change of mind, it's a change of heart, and I change my lifestyle right now. And God empowers you to do that when you make the choice. So, he wants to speak to us all today as a people about what we watch in our homes. What are we looking at? What have been, we been watching in our home for years? What are we looking at in our bedrooms? Movies. Worldly things that are 
choking, choking and suffocating any kind of word that might grow. Entering in. Desires for other things come in from what you're watching. Desires for other things come in from what you're watching. Chokes the word. Right? We are movies, worldly things. We watch things with great delight that the Bible is against. Right? We watch all the stuff. God hates violence. He hates violence, but we watch it. And we learn to love it. God, God hates it because it harms us. Because it chokes his, his plan for our lives, what he wants to have happen in our life. It is counterproductive. So then we watch people having, um, having physical stuff that God says it's going to hurt you. But if you watch a movie, you, you like it. You've learned to like it. You've trained yourself to like it. You watch the worldly ways on TV and you like it. The things that the Bible is against, the things that God says is hurting you, you watch that. You watch that. And you look at it and look at it. Thorns, thorns, thorns. Can you see that? Desire for other things. Desire for other things. This is going to take, it's going to depend on you how deep you want this cut to be. Because it's, Lord, I actually understand here what I've been doing. What I've exposed my children to for decades. What I've let them watch. Pastor G, I'm going to ask you. We've, it numbs us. We are oblivious to its impact on our lives. So we don't actually do those things, but we watch them. And then you think, because you're exposing yourself to it, that you don't want to do them, because you learn to love it. So, it numbs us and dulls us to spirit life. We become seared in our conscience, because we have reasons and we justify ourselves justify and reason. What's the difference between justify and reason? What did Pastor John say? Nothing. We justify ourselves. Everybody else does it. I deserve it. I work hard during the day. I'll come and watch everything that's against God's word. It's my right to be entertained. Entertainment, the meaning of that word means I will let it enter me. I will contain it in me. It's not harming me. That's the biggest lie. That's the big lie. No, it's choking, suffocating the word that you're putting in your heart. So that you'll... Okay. It stimulates our soul and spirit life is not as exciting. Spirit life's not so exciting because this is exciting. This grabs me. Choke, choke, suffocate, right? 
Pastor G, please come and speak to us. Please come and speak to us about what um, the Lord has just recently shown you about, um, about pornography. Well, I'm going to just keep it short, but um, in a nutshell, it's something that, that we've listened to as part of addressing families and helping families, mothers and fathers, and um, it's something that was put on the, the um, learning center group, which I listened to and Marcel and I listened to together, but it's a, um, a, a, someone who's spent a lot of time researching and analyzing data about uh, young people who have smartphones. And so the statistic is that young people who have smartphones, it doesn't matter at what age, but if they are allowed to take a smartphone into their room and close the door, the statistics show that 100% of young people have been exposed to pornography. 100%. So this, this, uh, this person who's analyzed the data and done this research goes uh, all over the world to rural places, to industrial places, to third world countries, first world countries. Um, and one of the things that he does is he, he gets invited to go into schools um, and then you'll talk to the, the students first and ask them how many of them have smartphones. And between 80 and 100% of them put up their hands that they have smartphones. Um, and it's quite interesting, he says, even in very poor rural places, these children have smartphones with access to internet. So obviously that's, that's the premise as well, that they have access to internet. Um, and so between 80 uh, to 100% of them will put up their hands. And then he later has a meeting with the parents and he'll ask the parents, so how many of you uh, have given your children smartphones that have access to the internet and you allow them to take them into their room behind a closed door and only a much smaller percentage of them will put up their hands um, and then he will show them the image so he or somebody else will take an image of a picture of the students putting up their hands and he will then show the parents um, how many of them are allowed to, they have and they are allowed to take a smartphone into their room. So then he asked them the question again, how many of you know your children have smartphones and they're allowed to take them into your room? Then a lot more of them will put up their hand in honesty, which is an indication uh, to him that the parents know that, that their children shouldn't have a smartphone with access to the internet, taking it into their bedrooms because the research shows that if you have access to the internet with a smartphone, 100% chance you have been exposed to pornography. I don't know if you want me to talk about the, 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 the consequence of that. So, so part of the consequence of that for a, for a young man is, is different to how it affects a young woman. Uh, so a young woman then believes that this way of sexuality is how they love so that is the case for a woman so I must then behave like this because this is how I love and this is how I receive love 
for a young man, this is how I lust. This is how I live my life. I don't need to commit. I don't need to love a woman in a biblical way because this is how I express sexuality and this is how I express love to a woman. So for a woman, it's this is how I love. And for a man, this is, this is how I lust. I don't need to show any commitment. I don't need to love in a godly, wholesome way. And then they live their lives that way. And this is the, then how sin and the tears that are sown into a young person's life, this is where we find ourselves generations later, where, where young men, in fact, I was just listening to another statistic yesterday, which they've done in, in Japan, that men at the age of 30 are still virgins. A, a massive percentage of them. And, and the statistic is because they would rather give themselves to what they're looking at um, on their smartphone or whatever the, the device is than commit to a woman. So they're still virgins because they prefer to commit to a smartphone. And I mean, that's just a study uh, that's, that I've heard about that was done in Japan, but I'm sure that would be a, a fairly normal thing worldwide. That for all of what, what Hollywood shows that, you know, men are, are, are promiscuous, actually, in our current culture, they prefer to have fast food and to not commit to a relationship, partially because they're also afraid to do that. They don't know how. Something very interested, interesting about um. Well, pardon, no, just stand here by me, my my son. So what what we are talking about sexual promiscuity. To be sleeping with someone that you're not married to, is hurting you, more than you realize. It's desensitizing you completely, and actually. Um, you know what I, I, I read recently about um, the effects of sexual immorality and then you have a child born, that that child is unsupported spiritually. That child is defenseless. It has no support because the mother or the father is sleeping around. The child born in a situation like that is unsupported spiritually. They, they're in a spiritual nothingness and they, they fair play to the devil. They fair game. Here, look what it does to us. All sexual promiscuity stains the root of our identity in Christ. It exploits the deepest aspects of our emotions. Produces guilt that cripples our confidence and authority in Christ. It compromises the foundations of life's deepest human relationship. Marriage. It gives place to appetites that beget further immoral behavior. It breaches trust with the whole body of Christ. Your, your transgression of sexual sins breaches trust with all of us. It impacts the whole body. 
because you're not able to be who you're supposed to be? You're not able because the word's continually being choked because you're not shunning and you're not fleeing. And so, Pastor G, it assaults the pure lordship of Jesus Christ. Is there something you want to say, Pastor G? Just last thing. Well, one of the, one of the um, major consequences of sexual sin is that it produces shame. And that's, that's yeah. what the Holy Spirit was saying to me when Pastor Sharon was talking now, is that, is that when you are ashamed, you want to hide. And inevitably you hide from God because you think, how, God, how can God love me when I'm in this condition? Which is exactly why Jesus came to die and give us the Holy Spirit so that he can help you out of that condition. It's not like he doesn't know. He knows every time. And he's there every time and he wants to help you every time. And yet the shame that it produces is one of, I want to hide from God and from one another. So it's that distrust, distrust of God, which we then bring into our family and we bring into, our, 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 into the church where we distrust God and distrust one another. We don't want to be vulnerable with one another either because how can I be because of this shame that I experience from, from this sin? And he came to take all of our shame. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, this is not for condemnation. It's not for shame and it's not for guilt. It is for freedom. God wants to set you free. wants us to have a moment of realization a moment of realization so that we can just say help me Lord and forgive me Lord forgive me as a parent for what I've exposed my children to it's a time of forgiveness because if we acknowledge our sin and we confess it He's faithful to forgive us and cleanse us. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. Hallelujah. Hmm. 
Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for what we've exposed our children's eyes and ears to. Forgive us, Lord, for leaving our children unsupported in the Spirit, Lord, because we've transgressed your beautiful commandments, Lord, your wonderful ways for our protection, Lord, to protect us. Father, we desire purity. We desire purity, Lord. We desire to be clean. We desire cleansing, Lord. Hallelujah. This is just a moment for you and the Lord. That's not where you at. Then you, you, in your heart, you 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 praying for a brother or a sister. You praying for a mother or a father. If this is not, you know, if your heart's been circumcised to that degree, you know, to say, Lord. As a parent, what have I done to my child? You know, there is a scripture in the book of James, though, God, that says that we can feel heartfelt shame for our sins. You know? It says we can even weep. But weeping is not a sign of change of mind and change of heart. It says here, like unfaithful wives having illicit love affairs with the world and breaking your marriage vow to God he says here come close to God and he will come close to you and recognize that you are sinners get your soiled hands clean realize that you've been disloyal wavering individuals with divided interests distracted you've been distracted by the distractions of this age. Right? And then it says, purify your hearts, divided interests, purify your hearts of your spiritual adultery. And as you draw near to God, be deeply penitent and grieve, even weep. Let your laughter be turned to grief. And your mirth to heartfelt shame for your sins. Humble yourselves feeling very insignificant in the presence of the Lord and He will exalt you and lift you up and make your lives significant. Hallelujah. You know, because we're a house of prayer, people, you are the people running into this house saying to be clean, to be clean. It's us first to be clean, to be clean. There's a fountain opened in this house for cleansing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
He's just a heartbeat away from you acknowledging, acknowledging it to Him. watchful over as we as we could have been as we should have been (sighs) (sighs) little eyes little boys at school with big brothers bringing bringing things to school showing our little boys things at their school Jesus, Lord. 
those images and those pictures, Lord. Your blood. Your blood, Lord. Your blood. Hallelujah. Jesus. Thank you. We receive the washing of the water of your word, Lord. We receive your grace. We receive your mercy. Because we come to your throne of grace to obtain mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. This is not a time for self-righteousness, people. Really. It's not. It's a time for righteousness. Righteousness. Just like David, he didn't justify himself of why he did those things. He just said, yes, I've sinned. Yes, Lord, I've sinned. I've sinned. Can you say that to the Lord today? I've sinned. Yes, Lord, I've sinned. I've sinned. I've sinned. Together we come to you as a people to say, Lord, we have sinned. You know, Daniel said that even though he never sinned, he came to God saying, we have sinned. We have sinned. Forgive us, Lord. We have sinned. We have sinned. We have sinned. <laughs> we we have sinned. We have sinned. We have sinned. that you purify our homes that you bring a new fresh wind of your spirit into our homes into our lounges into our bedrooms Lord 
just a new, fresh wind of your spirit, Lord, into our hearts, into our minds, Lord, clean, clean, Lord, we receive cleanliness today, Lord, hallelujah. troubling our minds but how are we going to get free when there's repentance in the world all is well all is well all we have to do is say yes 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 we have sinned I have sinned Lord that's all thank you I receive your forgiveness hallelujah hallelujah I receive freedom I receive wholeness I receive purity I receive purity, purity, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We receive deliverance, Lord, from the work of the enemy. We receive deliverance from the work of the enemy, Lord. He'll do no more work on us. He'll do no more work in us. Jesus, thank you. We 
receive no condemnation, no guilt, no shame, no guilt, no shame, just a washing and a cleansing and a renewal and a renew, a renewal. We receive no guilt and no shame, no condemnation in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are free to praise you. We are free to praise you now, Lord, because we believe your washing and your cleansing is so real. It's your love for us is so amazing, Lord. Your love for us is so amazing, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Glory. We can start fresh and new. Start fresh and new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, with a new song in our heart and a new spring in our step. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm not leaving this place without joy. No, 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 no. I'm not leaving this place without joy. Hallelujah. Because you love me. You love me, Lord. You love me and you cleanse me, Lord. And your word is that powerful that it forgives. You forgive immediately, Lord. Because from our heart, from our heart, we've let your cut go deep, Lord. We've let your cut go deep, Lord. Hallelujah. And we're grateful. We're grateful that we can have our hearts circumcised. We're so grateful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we can be healed from that circumcision. Oh, hallelujah. We can be healed. We can be healed. No guilt. No shame. No, no, no. No, no, no. No blame. No guilt. No shame. No blame. No guilt. No blame. No shame. Oh, He cleanses us all together now. Oh, I'm just taking a bath. Oh, aren't you taking a bath? It's just wonderful in my heart. Hallelujah. now 
that I'll make, different lifestyle choices, some loving conversations I'll probably be having in my home between husband and wife, some loving, heavenly, holy conversations. Hallelujah. We're making some changes around here because we love Him. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. I'll rather watch Escape to the Country. You know, a little bit of mastership, a little bit of love it or list it, a little bit of, you know, some gardening, some house construction, you know. Glory to God. Hallelujah. close this this is a beautiful thing that we've been able to because now God can work in your children now you, now you can go to work in your children your big old children right you can go to work now so have a blessed may the word and the blood of Jesus surround you and protect you and be with you and have a wonderful day until I see you a little later have a good lunch right right are your spirits lifted up good good now when when there's any guilt or shame or condemnation that wants to come on you or regret it's his slam it's from the devil it's not God it's not God this is done today. This is settled now. Right? You go on now into the fresh and the new. Don't let the devil come and slam on you. Right? So be blessed and have a day filled with joy. In Jesus' name. Bye-bye, everybody.